Hello, and welcome to the Pet Wellness Podcast with your host, Dr. Mike Bonder, a veterinarian with a passion for all things pet, experienced in holistic medicine, pet training, and you guessed it, pet wellness. This is a show where we not only talk about pet problems, we give solutions and suggestions for optimizing your pet's health. Each week, you'll hear thought-provoking advice and interviews, as well as actionable tips you can implement in your daily life. And now, here's your host. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Pet Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mike, and thank you so much for joining me here today. There's a famous saying, there's only one guarantee in life, and that's death and taxes. Well, thankfully, our pets don't have to ever go through that tax problem. Still, there are a couple of other things that are guaranteed in most humans and virtually all pets, and one of those is osteoarthritis. Is it a common disease? Yes, it is. In fact, in one study, they found that 90% of cats over the age of 12 had radiographic evidence of osteoarthritis, which is a pretty scary statistic if you ask me. But osteoarthritis is not necessarily a disease of older pets. It can sometimes happen in young pets as well. In fact, It's particularly common in dogs that have congenital orthopedic conditions like hip dysplasia. So today I want to discuss how prevention is better than treatment in most diseases of dogs and cats, particularly osteoarthritis, and what you can do as a pet wellness advocate to ensure that these preventative measures are implemented. Prevention, by the way, isn't just preventing a disease from occurring. It may also include delaying the onset of a disease or controlling a disease from progressing once it has started. So let's first go over the three reasons why prevention is better than treatment, and then discuss how they apply to osteoarthritis in dogs and cats. Prevention is crucial because dogs and cats don't typically show signs of pain or discomfort associated with most diseases. That stems from several reasons. The most important one is that although dogs and cats are predators, they're also a prey species so they tend to hide their weaknesses. Once they start showing signs of disease, we're usually in the treatment phase and have missed the opportunity to prevent them. Number two, the cost of preventing a disease from occurring or an ongoing illness from progressing is typically much less expensive than the cost of treatment once the illness is full-blown. That old saying, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And finally, number three, the side effects of preventative measures are typically less common and less severe than for treatment measures. Okay, so let's see how these preventative strategies fit with osteoarthritis in dogs and cats. We'll start with the first point, the lack of obvious signs. The biggest problem with osteoarthritis is that there are absolutely no clinical signs at the beginning of the disease process. In the earliest stages of osteoarthritis, there's a simply damage to the cartilage that's occurring in and around the joint. Because cartilage has no nerve endings, that process is typically not painful to dogs or cats. The pain typically comes later when that cartilage destruction leads to inflammation. So as pet wellness advocates, we can tackle this problem in two ways. First, we can start looking for non-obvious signs to catch the disease in its earliest stage. And second, we can start using natural products or natural modalities to strengthen cartilage, prevent cartilage breakdown, build up muscle to support the joint, or just take inflammation away. Or if we're smart, we'll do all the above. 
And there's two important things that we need to realize when speaking of osteoarthritis in pets. The first thing is that once it starts, it never disappears. Osteoarthritis is a chronic progressive disease with the progression, of course, varying in speed. And of course, we're trying to prevent the progression or at least slow it down. Second, the key to dealing with any inflammation is to catch it really early in the process and prevent what we call wind-up. And the best way to explain wind-up is with a human example. For those of you that have headaches, you know that if you don't take your medication early, there's a good chance that it may progress to something like a migraine. Okay, so what are the non-obvious signs that we can use to diagnose our pets with osteoarthritis early in the disease process? Well, I'm going to divide them up into two categories, the active signs and the inactive signs. With respect to the active signs, here are a few things that you can look out for. Number one, how long does it take your pet to get up from a sitting or lying position? Or do you notice any stiffness after they've rested? Number two, when it comes to stairs, has their behavior changed in terms of how they go up the stairs and come down the stairs? If you watch closely, you will see changes as they get older. Number three, your cat may still jump on the chair, but do they jump now with hesitation? And when they're jumping off something, like jumping off a table, for instance, do they stretch out their front legs really far before they jump so that there's not a big distance before they hit the floor? These are all little subtle signs that you can pick up. Number four, are there any problems with elimination? Dogs, for instance, will have a different stance when they go to urinate or defecate. You can notice that if you pay attention. And when it comes to cats, a common scenario is that cats all of a sudden lose their house training. They start to urinate or defecate outside the box. These, again, are signs that there's a problem. And finally, number five, play behavior. Is there any change in that play behavior? Think about their desire to play and the types of play that they now engage in. So what about the inactive signs? Sometimes you just notice a change in mood. Maybe your dog or your cat is a little more irritable and especially more irritable if you touch them in a certain place. Look out for those kind of things. Second, their grooming habits. I'll tell you one thing I definitely notice in arthritic cats. A lot of them have a lot of dandruff down the middle of their back and near the base of the tail, and that's because they can't turn around to groom themselves anymore back there. That's a classic sign of osteoarthritis in cats, an unkept coat. Cats are fastidious groomers. If they stop grooming, it might be because it hurts them to turn to groom. So regardless of whether it's the inactive signs or the active signs, picking up on subtleties is the key here. And keep a log of those subtleties and talk to your veterinarian about them. And I'm going to lump number two and number three on the preventative measures together. That is the cost and the side effects of prevention versus treatment. Treatment for osteoarthritis is pretty simple. We use non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. The great thing about these drugs is that they work fast and they work well. That's the good news. But there's a number of negatives. First, they're costly. Plus, because there are a number of side effects, you have to monitor your pet regularly with blood work, which again, added cost. And finally, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs deal with pain and inflammation. It's all they do. Now, that's a good thing, but they don't deal with the cartilage destruction or any of the tissues. So you don't get the advantages of using other products that actually might make the joint better. When it comes to preventing osteoarthritis, I'm all about natural products and natural modalities. 
The biggest advantage in my mind of using natural products and modalities over non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, that being treatments, is that they're less costly typically, and they also have much less side effects if used correctly. And the best approach is what we call a multimodal approach, where you use more than one natural product or natural modality at a time, and that's because each one can serve a different purpose. I'll explain that in a second. So the first natural modality or natural product that you can use are cartilage protectors. We call them chondroprotectants. They either help to produce more cartilage or prevent cartilage from breaking down. Most of you have heard of at least one of the chondroprotectants. There's glucosamine, chondroitin, MSM. There's many of them available on the market today, and they work quite well, as long as you use them for a long enough period of time at a decent enough dose. I'm also a big fan of UC2, and UC2 stands for undenatured type 2 collagen. And finally, when it comes to chondroprotectants, there's injectable products like Cartrophin and Adequin that you can talk to your veterinarian about. They're monthly injections. For those of you who don't like to give anything orally to your pet because it's hard to give it to them, and they work very well as well. And I love to start these products before dogs need them or before cats need them. So the second class of natural products are the natural anti-inflammatories. And the biggest one for me are omega-3 fatty acids, what you find in fish oil. The key to success with omega-3 fatty acids is using them at the right dose and for the right period of time. The dose that's typically on a bottle of omega-3 fatty acids is for skin coat and condition, because that's what we use omega-3 fatty acids for as well. But the dose that you need for inflammation, like in osteoarthritis, is a little higher. So you're going to want to talk to your veterinarian about what dose of omega-3 fatty acids you can give your pet for osteoarthritis. The length of time is also important. It has been shown that it takes up to eight weeks to get an anti-inflammatory level of omega-3 fatty acids in the body. Now, I know what you're probably thinking, wow, that's a long time, and yet a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug starts to work within four to six hours. Well, there's a reason for that. First of all, you're using omega-3 fatty acids to reduce inflammation long-term, not short-term, which is what non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs are for. And if you're starting early enough in the disease process where your pet isn't showing any signs of osteoarthritis, then it's fine to wait for eight weeks. Because after that, it's just constant, natural anti-inflammatory measures. Other natural anti-inflammatories that are available are things like curcumin and boswellia. They're both very good natural anti-inflammatories. And finally, there are other products like creatine and bromelain that all help with osteoarthritis as well. The key when you're treating osteoarthritis with natural products is to try and help the cartilage, the muscle, reduce inflammation, and reduce swelling. So what are the other natural modalities that aren't necessarily products that might help with osteoarthritis? Well, the biggest one that I can think of is weight loss. Believe it or not, obesity is probably one of the biggest risk factors when it comes to a pet developing osteoarthritis. They're just carrying a lot more weight on those joints, and it makes the cartilage breakdown process even faster and stronger. So make sure that you look into a weight loss program for your pet if they have osteoarthritis, or if you're worried they're going to have osteoarthritis. Another preventative modality that I'm a huge fan of is controlled exercise. That doesn't mean taking your dog on a long flexi leash where they can walk 30 feet in front of you. That's not controlled. I'm talking about taking your dog out on a six-foot lead and walking them. Not running, not jumping, walking. 
and at a slow enough pace that they're actually not winded at the end of the walk. They're ready to go. And ideally, if you could take them on a slow pace up a hill and down a hill, that would be even better because that will just strengthen the muscles in their legs and help prevent osteoarthritis from progressing. So let's summarize the key points. Number one, look for some of those non-obvious signs that we talked about earlier. And if you see any of them, report them to your veterinarian. Number two, if you have a young dog that's a large breed dog, I suggest that at some point when they're young, typically under a year of age, that you get their back legs and front legs x-rayed. And typically, I like to do it when they're in for their spay or neuter. In this way, you can see if they have any congenital orthopedic conditions that you can prevent from getting worse with the preventive strategies I discussed earlier. And finally, if you have a middle-aged pet, and it can be a dog or a cat anywhere from four, if it's a large breed dog, all the way up to eight, if it's a small breed dog or a cat, and start them on some natural products, like let's say an omega-3 fatty acid. Make sure you're watching their weight. And if they have a weight problem, make sure you address that and start doing controlled exercise before you see any problem so that you're strengthening the muscles around their joints. And finally, just make sure your approach is multimodal. You'll probably need to do more than one thing that we chatted about. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you got the big picture about what we can do to prevent osteoarthritis in our pets. And remember, our pets deserve our best. If you're excited to hear more about how you can become a pet wellness advocate, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is posted. Thanks for spending time with us today.